Welcome, everybody, to Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we explore society one rewatch at a time. Uh, it's been a little while since we last spoke. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a month. We took a holiday break. A long one. The in- basically the entirety of December. <laughs> Sometimes we need it. Yeah, things got, things got a little out of hand uh, on a personal level. Uh, not looking to bore you all with the details. Uh, but we're back. We're back, and the plan is to be doing this week to week again. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the plan. We'll, we'll see how that God goes. God laughs. <laughs>, um, <laughs> so my name is Tim Nacy, in case you were curious. Uh, I'm an aspiring podcast and radio producer, and I am obsessive about sitcoms, which is a side of myself I get to indulge this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm Leo Cabral. My pronouns are they, them. I am a journalism major, a cartoon fanatic, and a burnt-out aging queer. So just a quick word on what we do. Uh, we rewatch older episodes of TV shows that can be anywhere from, you know, the dawn of television and the last completed year and uh, discuss how they work in terms of their societal and social ideas. Uh, it's all to answer one simple question. Does it hold up? And uh, what's pretty great, to, what's pretty great now is that we're, uh, we just moved into a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, Happy New Year. Which means now we got 2022 stuff that we can get into. Whole nother year of stuff. I'm excited. That's actually great news. I didn't think about that until now. So yeah, we'll have to just, we'll have to just, yeah, we'll have to look and see. Uh, I don't know, maybe a theme month, all like recent stuff. Mm. Oh, I can do that. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, the recent stuff. I, I don't watch TV recently, so I, the the there was there was the, there was apparently an entire season of the the Chucky TV show that happened without my without my notice. Oh no way! You were on top of that when it first. I came was so out. into that show. Yeah, and I and then I I remember I, I think I saw on YouTube it was like oh clip from the Chucky season finale. I'm like wait a second. It, um, it, excuse it me. Premiered. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh. I didn't even know. Well, so now I got a I got a whole season of Chucky to watch now. I have multiple seasons to watch now. I I love that show. I can't wait to get into it. But we're not here to talk about Chucky. Not today, anyway. <laughs> oh, maybe someday. Before we get into uh, the show that we're watching this week, uh, we like to talk a little bit about uh, what else we've been watching lately. Uh, Leo, what have you been watching? So this isn't necessarily TV. It's more YouTube. But you know, we cover a lot of a wide range of content here. So um, I'll in indulge on what I've been uh, watching lately. So my favorite YouTube channel, Drawfee, founded by Caldwell Tanner and Nathan Yaffe, currently hosted by Nathan Yaffe, Karina, F- F- uh, I want to say Farrick, um, Jacob Andrews, and Julia Le Petit. They're, they're all illustrators, cartoonists, animators, all associated with College Humor and Dorkly and all those guys. Yeah, they've been a, a YouTube cha- an official YouTube channel for a few years now, and they have they do a lot of like improv live streams and a lot of like fun drawing stuff that's pretty interactive with um their audience and stuff but they have this um this mystery role-playing series that was created by julia and all the the, the other uh animators are playing they play uh like an orc a dwarf and a human thief and it's it's kind of like a D campaign but mystery and this one's called uh draw detectives the murder at crescent hill it's only 11 seasons i just watched the finale last night and and it's really cool. Um, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, well, just everyone, because it's just a lot of fun. It's it's like a, a silly little D and D campaign, but uh, animators are doing it. Oh, and also, oh, go on. Oh, sorry. So, so they actually they're actually playing D and D like with the dice and the character sheets and all that kind of stuff. 
No, it's um, more of like a homebrew thing. No dice. They just, it, it's just like, oh, I, I do this action and I say this to this uh, character and they just roll with it. It's uh, no, no dice to um, break up the, the dialogue or anything. It's cool. Um, their other stuff, they usually have like a guest sometimes. So, this this includes like uh actor voice actors like Jonah Scott from like B Stars Skate the Infinity we have the house husband uh Kaylee McKee also from B Stars and Jujutsu Kaisen they also had Hank Green on an episode once in their like regular uh YouTube channel so yeah i just i really like them they i feel like we share similar brain cells <laughs> <laughs> and um i recommend this YouTube channel to everybody Drawfee and their um Drawtectives uh series it's cool um how about you Tim what have you been watching uh so as i mentioned before it's I, 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 I unfortunately will not be introducing you to anything new today. I, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I've been dealing with a little bit of stuff recently, just trying to mm-hmm. get back on my feet after some personal stuff happened. Um, so I've just been kind of diving headfirst into my usual circle of sitcoms. You know, the big three, King of the Hill, Cheers, and Seinfeld being the big ones. The Holy Trinity. Mostly, yeah. I'm, I, I need to <laughs> add one more so, so I can become like the Mount Rushmore. But, um, that actually, that actually <laughs> might be happening soon. I actually, um, um, I found Night Court on uh, Freebie, which is Amazon's like f- like it's 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 kind of like Tubi, but Amazon owns it. Uh, oh, they got okay. they got they got a lot of stuff on there. Um, and it, yeah, it doesn't cost it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to have Prime or anything. Um, and yeah, I think they've got all the episodes of Night Court. So I've finally been watching Night Court with uh, John Larroquette and Harry Anderson. It's that that's a really good show. I'm I'm like really on board. This shows my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't like I haven't hey, like dove cool. deep into it, so I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll I'll do like a full like dive into it, a review, uh, maybe for an episode, <laughs> maybe just for what are we watching. Um, but but yeah, I I've just been kind of diving into sitcoms, like old multicam sitcoms are just kind of where I live. They center me a little bit, and um, I, I honestly say to everybody out there, like don't discount TV's role in helping you feel better when you're going through things. You know, like don't rely on it. Like don't just don't just dive into. Don't just be like Fry and Futurama and sit in the dark listening to classical music. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I love that line so much. It's time to get busy. <laughs> Honestly, though, that was me during the winter break a little bit <laughs> when I was also going through some tough stuff. I put on Steven Universe and just laid in bed. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, it, that, that that honestly is a way to just like give your brain a rest. It's so true. Uh, so yeah, don't don't believe the propaganda when people say it's not good for you to watch TV. <laughs> TV helps, I swear. <laughs> uh, so uh, what do you say we dive into this week's episode? Let's do it. All right. So this week we're talking another one of my uh, another one of my favorites. I'm, I'm a little more off and on this one just because it's harder to find these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I'll get into what exactly I mean by that in a minute. Um, but this week we're talking Taxi. Uh, so Taxi is uh, it's a sitcom that aired on ABC uh, from 1978 to 1982 and then on NBC from 1982 to 1983. Um, it was produced by, honestly, some really heavy hitters in this uh, in this medium-slash-subgenre. Mm-hmm. Um, just to go through them and some of their credits. Uh, so there's Ed Weinberger. He co-created and wrote for The Cosby Show. You know, everybody knows The Cosby Show. It went nine seasons. Oh, yeah. It was, like, most of what was on Nick at Night. <laughs> 
a lot of time. It was Full House and yeah. the Cosby Show. Dude, yeah. Uh, there was David Davis. He co-created the Bob Newhart Show. Stan Daniels. He was an eight-time Emmy-winning writer for both Taxi and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. And then, of course, I think most people know the name James L. Brooks. He's an all-around powerhouse in, in just the film and TV industry. He wrote and produced uh, five movies, uh, Terms of Endearment, Broadcast News, I'll Do Anything, As Good As It Gets, and Spanglish between 1983 and 2004. Um, like, writing and directing five movies is, like, a huge undertaking. Like, there's not a lot of people who do that. And, and, and honestly, I think all of these were, like relatively well received too yeah that's pretty good and um he obviously also that's where most people know him from he had a very heavy hand in the development of the simpsons like taking the simpsons Mm -hmm. from a crudely animated oddball sketch on the tracy ullman show to the pop culture powerhouse that now has a ride at universal studios (laughs) like (laughs) um but yeah james l brooks is a massive figure in in like in like comedy in general so yeah it's it, a, a big pedigree behind uh taxi uh the sh- big names on the show too honestly oh yeah let's get into that in yeah so the show stars uh judd hirsch jeff conway andy kaufman uh jeff conway and andy kaufman actually are not like neither of their characters uh latka and, or, and bobby are not in this episode uh danny devito mary lou henner and tony danza um yeah big names yeah and oh, when they were come popping up on the screen i was like wait a second i know more than half of these names and then of course there's also christopher lloyd who is like the centerpiece of this episode so we'll, we'll get into him i trust me we'll get into him um so <laughs> essentially this show focuses it's 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 just basically i mean you don't really need to dive too deep into the premise of a sitcom basically it's just like it's a sitcom about taxi drivers like I, I, like you, you can just kind of like mad live it you know like oh this is a this is a brooklyn 99 it's a sitcom about cops <laughs> like you know it's about the personal <laughs> lives and the dreams and the personality conflicts between the people who work at a police station or who work at a restaurant or who work at a retail store, you know, just you can just kind of plug them in. Uh, but these particular employees, they work at the Sunshine Cab Company in Manhattan. Um, it's a show that is totally my vibe. Um, it's funny. It's really funny. Like, like, like I, I have not busted up laughing as hard as when I turned on this taxi <laughs> episode in a while. Uh, so yeah, it's funny. It's energetic. It's sweet without being too sweet. You know, edgy without being too edgy. And it's not afraid to tackle really serious and intense topics from time to time without losing its sense of humor, which I always appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week in particular, we are talking season four, episode 16, uh, Jim and the Kid. Yeah, just, just a quick word though. On, like finding these episodes um it is a pain in the ass to find taxi episodes because um a lot of them are missing from streaming services oh that's weird yeah if you go on um it used to be on hulu it's not on hulu anymore um there's only like a couple of seasons on paramount plus i actually had to go to uh, pluto tv they have the most episodes on pluto that's where i saw it yeah and so you got had, had to watch it with ads and everything and um even on even on uh, pluto like there's episodes missing. If you go through, you'll see that like the 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 episode numbers will skip sometimes. Like there'll just be like one or two missing. Like I don't know where oh, I wow. I don't know where they went. Like where where did they go? What did you do with them? <laughs> That's weird. I wonder if it's because uh, the reason you can only find um some on like different episodes on different platforms do you think that's because like it aired on ABC and then on um what was it the other one it aired on two different networks ABC and NBC yeah it, that's possible I know sometimes rights can get rights can get real weird I mean it's still a problem in like um it, it's a different kind of thing but it still happens sometimes in, like in like 2000 sitcoms um mm-hmm. I know Scrubs and that 70s show are the ones that really get it hard um missing music like the just just the way the rights worked back 
back when the episodes back when the episodes were produced and like now when it's streaming it just works differently so a lot of those things are missing um they're just they're just totally missing like entire songs that's so weird so like there's 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 shows out there that are streaming things without original context that's interesting it's real yeah it's real weird like I, i've even like been like googling like because I'm, I'm watching a little bit of that 70s show just in preparation in a couple of weeks the sequel series is coming out i'm gonna check that out mm-hmm. um i but yeah so i've been like watching that 70s show again and yeah like sometimes i'll just hear like some really shitty like royalty free music playing and i'm like <laughs> i wonder what that song what that song used to be <laughs> This is probably how the Mandela effect ends up happening. It's so amongst like generations and stuff. It's so annoying. Everybody's got to get their money. Like it just <laughs> like 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 is it really like the, like I, like I was watching that seventy show today, and apparently like Eric was in his Eric um, Eric was in his car, and he was listening apparently to like the subtitles told me that "Riding Out the Storm" by Ario Speedwagon was playing, but. <gasps> What was playing was just generic heavy metal sounding music. And I'm like, that is not Riding Out the Storm by Ario Speedwagon. Um, and I just ask, like, the record company who manages Ario Speedwagon's catalog, would it have hurt you that bad to just let them <laughs> use the fucking song? Oh my God. Like, dude, like was it gonna, is, is it gonna bankrupt you if, like, you don't get royalties from one source? Honestly, when like you can get you can stream that song whenever you want on Spotify. They're making plenty of money from that, probably. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's still a lot of people out there listening to Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, my, myself included. I fucking love Ario Speedwagon. There you <laughs> like, go. So, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so just there's just rights issues in play. I would assume in terms of like finding taxi episodes. And it's annoying. And I know we have, I, I think, I think, um, my, between my brother and I, I think we bought them on DVD. I don't know where they are, but I think we've got all the episodes there, but still it's annoying. Sometimes you just want to get on a streaming service and just watch some episodes, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's annoying as hell. Uh, so that was a little bit of a tangent. Um, <laughs> uh, so this week, the specific episode we're watching is season four, episode 16, Jim and the kid. Um, so the episode opens with uh, Tony Banza, that's uh, Tony Danza's character, uh, bringing Terry, a 10-year-old runaway, back to the Sunshine Cab Depot. Um, everyone tries their hand at trying to get Terry to open up about where he lives and why he ran away from home. Um, I think um, Alex, tries. Um, Alex, who's uh, Judd Hirsch's character, tries to, tries, to, tries to play like the cool, relatable guy. Um, yeah. Elaine, played by Mary Lou Henner, she tries to be the concerned mom. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, she loses that fight because because I think he she he she gives she gives Terry a method of messing with her, and he does it, and she just gets rattled. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Um, and uh, Louis, played by Danny DeVito, um, decides to scare the shit out of him and say, "I'm going to bring the police here, and they're going to torture you. Thumb screws, batons." <laughs> Yeah, because that's that'll get someone talking. Oh my god, yeah. And Terry just he just <laughs> he just buttons up. Uh except for Reverend Jim, and the kid takes an instant liking to him. Louis calls the police, uh, who come to help Terry's parents find him. Uh Terry, however, slips away from the police station and goes to Jim's house where he intends to stay for good. Uh Jim is hesitant, but he's on board due to the <laughs> quote abusive conditions. Uh the kid has to clean his room and do his homework. <laughs> So abusive, um, so terrible. And the two begin to bond. You know, they're he's he's teaching him some lessons about philosophy. Like, I, I love the conversation <laughs> they have where he's like, where he's just like, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> People try to make that one so complicated. Of course, it makes it sound. The bigger the tree, the bigger the sound. <laughs> Don't let anybody fool you. <laughs> I'm like, wow, wise words from Christopher Lloyd. Right. <laughs> um, 
And um, yeah, it's that talks about philosophy and ethics, and um, they and they play catch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Christopher uh, Jim just like just like just like hucks a ball right through his own window. And my favorite thing on the first throw. Yeah, my, my favorite thing about that too is the fact that like that hole doesn't go away later on. Like that hole is still there the entire episode. If you look at the background. Oh, I love that. I didn't even notice. Um, so the next day though, Jim makes the amazing parenting choice of leaving the child alone in his house while he goes to work <laughs> for a cabbie shift. What's wrong with that? A, a, a cabbie <laughs> shift, which he's, he's going to be gone for like probably 12 to 16 hours or something. I see no problem. This is peak parenting in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, right? I guess. So yeah, so he leaves. So so he just leaves him there while he goes to work. Um, and uh, he starts kind of uh, you know chatting up Alex about uh, parenting. Alex Alex has a daughter, by the way, like an adult daughter. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that that, that was the that's from the first episode. Um, but but yeah, I think I think it was just like they they were estranged for a while. I think like he split up with the mom, and they, it's 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 it, that that's kind of a big thing in taxis that it's a little bit sad all the time. Oh my god, I know you. As you were getting into that, I was like, um, why didn't I know this prior? That is so, that, that gives him so much character. Yeah, Alex, Alex is a very, he's a very tortured character. He's very, like, he's very, he's very, he's very snarky and burned out. He's just that kind of character. Oh, like, like, what a mood. like, he's just like, he's just like, he's just probably like the, like, I looked on Wikipedia and they were talking about the characters of Taxi and like how all, all these mm-hmm. characters, you know, Tony wants to be a boxer. Bobby wants to be an actor, you know, um. You know, um, Elaine's just trying to make ends meet for her, for, for her son, you know, and, um, you know, and, and, and they've all, they've all got these dreams and aspirations, but Alex is just, he's just burned out. He's got, he doesn't feel like he's going anywhere in life and he's just, he considers this to be it. It's his profession. Burnout. Let's go. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but what I like about Alex though, is that he's not a bad person. Like, like, like sometimes, sometimes like that character can be like bitter and mean in a show. Cynical even. Al- Alex is a genuinely nice guy. He's just, he's just burned out and doesn't have a lot of get up and go in him anymore. Dude, I super relate. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a relatable character. I, I, I actually really do love Alex. <laughs> Oh. Um, so the next, yeah, so, so, so he's chatting up, so he's chatting up, um, so Jim's chatting up Alex about parenting. <laughs> and, um, Alex is like, Jim, you can't do that. The parent, his parents are freaking out about finding this kid. <laughs> and, uh, he eventually talks him into, uh, into, uh, bringing the parents over to, 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 I guess, give the kid back as, like, a piece of property. <laughs> um, give it back um by 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 like by like just creating these very vivid images of a dog named snowball who's who's <laughs> weeping <laughs> weeping for his little pal it just made me laugh and it's just like tears welling up in his little brown eyes <laughs> just like it's a dog the do- dogs don't have tear ducts what explain my dog crying every time he doesn't get a treat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like t- tears tears welling up it's just um anyway so eventually uh jim jim relents the 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 puppy thing does him in (laughs) he's just like that fans emotional blackmail (laughs) and um when he's he's hesitant though when they're over uh but when terry sees his parents he has a change of heart and decides to go back um Mm -hmm. He kind of leaves almost not saying goodbye. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, see ya, and then goes. Like, yeah, it's, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, but, um, uh, so we close on Jim, though, finding closure by, quote, saying goodbye to Alex. <laughs> like this genuinely heartfelt, <laughs> genuinely heartfelt goodbye that you don't have to call, you don't have to write, all I ask is that you remember me. <laughs> and that just, like, does Alex in. Like, he's like, I can't leave now. I feel oh. awful. 
And then he immediately ruins because, it. Because, yeah, he says, we're going we're gonna to have SpaghettiOs, popcorn, and herring for lunch. Oh, God. And he's like, all right, see you at work. <laughs> and uh, Jim is left alone in his apartment, and we leave the episode on the line. No matter how many leave the nest, it never gets any easier. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there you have it. That is Jim and the Kid. Uh, so, yeah. Leo, tell me uh, what stood out to you about that, about this episode. Um, I was going to put Christopher Lloyd, but you're going to get into that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, absolutely Christopher Lloyd and just his whole thing on in this show, his whole role, um, him being... What is it with Christopher Lloyd um, being a kooky old guy taking on a young a young ward? Yeah, it happens man under all his the wing. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what also stood out was like all, all the big names on this, um, on the title cards and stuff when it was opening. Oh yeah. When the, yeah, it, I was like, wow, dude, there's like so many names I recognize. This is uncommon because <laughs> I don't watch sitcoms very often, you know? Um, Danny DeVito here reminded me of, um, his role as, I think it's Harry in Matilda as, uh, Matilda's dad. He's, he's, he was just channeling that energy. He's so great in the show, especially. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a monster. He is, but it was really fun to watch him. And oh my god, he's so young here. <laughs> it was, it was, it was crazy. One, one thing I love about Danny DeVito in this episode too was when he was when he goes to. I, it's it's just such a funny, such a funny like like um, juxtaposition to me. He comes down from his. He has he has like like a like a like a like a dais up on the like like his office. He has like a, he has like an office that's just up a few steps, so he's like above everybody. Yeah, he overlooks everyone in the in the lot. And the, it's funny that he comes down to confront Terry when he comes into the depot, and they're like the same size. <laughs> he's as tall as him. Oh yeah, it's great. <clears throat> I I think that's great that he had. It, it says a lot. That's that's some great writing right there. Having this this little guy up on the on a pedestal, and then when he comes down to confront you, he's like below your level or at your level. It's it's peak. And he's and, peak and, right and, 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 and 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 he's got a big personality too. Like he's he's the loudest person. I mean, he's he like like when Danny <laughs> when, when when Louis speaks in a taxi episode, he's echoing. You can hear him echo. Like yeah. he is loud, dude. He's he's screaming half the time. Yeah. I'm like, that is not. Is that your usual inside voice? <laughs> yeah, that's why he was giving me um, Matilda's dad. Um, also, Tony barely looks old enough to drive in this episode. Yeah, Tony Danza is so young in this show. Yeah, I was like, this is a child driving a child around. <laughs> I, I I will I will say that um, this is my only real exposure. I never saw any of Who's the Boss or anything, so I this this is really my mm-hmm. only uh, exposure to Tony Danza. Same, um, same here. I know I know I know him from Taxi, and I know that um, Hank Hill finds him funny. <laughs> he, he mentions that in, in, in an early episode. <laughs> They laughs at Tony Danza, but um. Oh my god! I don't totally. Um, it's yeah. It's but but yeah. I but yeah. He's very. He's very very young. He's got a real baby face on him. Oh yeah. Um. How about you, Tim? What's out the most from you? Uh, what's out the most to you in this in this episode? Uh, well, I agree with everything you said. Uh, mm-hmm. but I also just want to give a shout out to the theme song to the show, uh, which is called Angela by Bob James. Possibly mm-hmm. the most chill piece of music ever written. <laughs> I, yeah, I was digging it. It's really like I, I like, like I've, 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 I've always thought that if I were doing like a top ten list of like, of like, um, of like TV theme songs, 
I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like there's there's a few that I would probably like just strike from the record because it's like okay we're, we're, these these so- these songs are not in contention because everybody already knows like you know I I don't like Friends but I do like the Friends theme song it's catchy I would I would I would remove I would remove um I'll be there for you by the Rembrandts. Um, okay. I would also remove um, as much as, as as monolithic and classic as it is. One of the greatest songs ever written, um, where everybody knows your name by Gary Portnoy, the, the Cheers theme. I would remove. Really? I would remove that from contention as well, just because it's a given. It doesn't need any more praise. Okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll give like you that. Just to make, and then the reason for that is to make space for other for other theme songs. Like I would like to be able to. <laughs> I would like more time in the podcast episode or YouTube video or whatever to discuss songs like Angela by Bob James. Okay. <laughs> like like maybe just an honorable mentions like yes these songs are these songs are fucking king. You don't have to you know we don't have to discuss it anymore. It is fact. It is known fact. It is universal truth. Yeah, so let, let's 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 talk about let's talk about some other theme songs. But uh but yeah, okay. Angela by Bob James is a great theme song to a show. Like but like like it's it's such a I honestly, like, if, if I just turned on an episode of Taxi at first, because they don't do a cold open on this show or anything like other like some other sitcoms do. Um, I kind of like at that. At first, I wouldn't have known this was a sitcom. Like, oh. like, 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 if I, if I turned on Taxi and I just saw it, like, right from the beginning and I just, it's just this, um, this, this, like, um, moving, like, they're, they're, they're shooting, they're shooting a taxi from mm-hmm. the back of another car and they're, they're going across a bridge in in um in new york and um it's kind of a cloudy day there's this super chill jazzy kind of like 70s jazzy kind of song playing it you like jazz oh god <laughs> sorry do we have to I talk about my do we have to talk about b movie right now no look it wasn't even b movie oh, louis oh. danny devito says that oh, in I this episode I Oh, Fine, go on. See that B movie. I, I like. I, I, I'm just. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Like cool myself off now. Because if I start talking about B movie, I'm gonna get annoyed. Um, <laughs> ah, excuse me. I had a cough. Um, B movie. Honestly, uh, one of the most fascinating motion pictures ever made. I. I don't. I don't like. Like it's. I. I don't. I don't like it. It's not good. <laughs> but I do want to know though. Like what the. F- fuck was going on when they made it like who had the idea and why and why did they make that idea happen it feels like a fever dream but that's exactly what b movie is is a fever dream and i had no idea that seinfeld is it seinfeld jerry seinfeld yeah yeah jerry seinfeld was referencing louis uh from taxi when he said you like jazz because this is he louis literally he louis says that over the over the radio uh, to the little kid, because Tony's like, "Hey, make the guy, make the kid feel better." And he's like, "You like this? You like that? You like jazz?" I'm like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Where did that come from?" So weird, yeah. Yeah, sorry, not to completely derail you from your um from your sitcom intro uh, music. Tirade, well, I, yeah, I that was just I, I I guess I I guess I guess I've got some I guess I've got some trauma or something involved with the movie because that just like <laughs> instantly triggered me and I'm just like no I'm abandoning this conversation we're gonna talk about the movie right now. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I did not mean to trigger you like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh but yeah that's that's kind of my main like first impression this is the first impression of the episode is the theme song really great theme song really great theme sequence mm-hmm. honestly i would say it's real chill just like the 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 show oh yeah definitely all right so let's talk a little bit about what we liked in the episode uh leo you want to get us started on that let's see i really did like everybody trying a different approach to getting terry to open up to them um i didn't like how long it took for people to be to actually ask him like hey is something wrong at home are things terrible at home i do love when jim breaks his own window (laughs) on the first throw (laughs) how wide it goes to the way they shoot it it was it was brilliant that one got me cackling actually (laughs) and um jim saying the 60s was a misunderstood decade i thought I thought those were peak moments in in the show. Yeah, Jim is uh, Jim. Jim is a great character. Yeah. Jim what about you? What are some things you like? Uh, well, speaking of Jim, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the man who plays him, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember when I was going through the cast list, I kind of like listed him as an afterthought, and that's mostly because he's got his own bullet point in here. Um, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is just honestly, I think he's like the majority of the world. <laughs> One of their favorite, one of one of our favorite actors, just as a society, it feels like the people's actor. I, I think I I really have never met somebody who's like I think Christopher Lloyd's overrated. Like I think pretty much everybody I've ever spoken to loves him. Right? He always plays such endearing characters, usually, he's, or like such compelling ones. He plays, yeah, he plays bad guys sometimes too. But even then, he's great. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I always forget just how much I love this character, especially Reverend Jim. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I think he, I, they, they, I, I couldn't get any, um, I couldn't get any, um, information about it, but I was looking in, I was on the, I was on like the, the Wikipedia page for Jim, um, Jim Ignatowski. That's his full name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking into it and, and they were talking about his past. Like I wanted to see, like, did they, it, it, does he just call himself the Reverend, the Reverend Jim or something? Uh, turns out he was, um, he was an ordained minister of something called the Church of Peace. Yep. And they called that, <laughs> and they called that, like, like, and that came after a sentence about him being part of the counterculture. So I'm like, hang on a second. Was mm-hmm. he like accidentally in a cult or something? Like, what is this? I think, yeah, I think that's implied. Because I also took a little deep dive on on Jim Ignatowski. And I, I was just looking into him. I'm like, what the heck? What really stood out to me was him uh, apparently becoming like a completely different person after eating some pop brownies at a college party. He he did it with Tom Hanks, it says. A character played by Tom Hanks. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> on a, this is my first episode of Taxi, so I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm new to all this. This is all news to me. Pretty pretty wild stuff. But uh, but yeah, and, and, and it, it actually further is more like kind of like cult thing because I think um, when they're talking about like there, there's kind of like annotations I guess to like different parts of his backstory. And after they say mm-hmm. an ordained minister of the Church of Peace in parentheses, there's a quote that says fully investigated and cleared of all charges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I don't remember them saying that in the taxi episode, but I'm like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i was gonna go into a deep dive on christopher lloyd but like i said everybody knows him i don't i don't really i don't really mean to everybody knows dr emmett brown um uncle mm-hmm. fester adams uh judge doom from who framed roger rabbit mm-hmm. you know um one thing i want to bring attention to though is that um because i will never miss an opportunity to bring up kingdom hearts when i can um every time every damn time <laughs> every time i can find even the slightest <laughs> connection uh, Christopher Lloyd was actually the third voice of Xehanort, who is the main villain of the series thus far. Um, and he is, uh, like I said, he's the third, the first being Leonard Nimoy, and the second being Rutger Hauer. 
amazing. But yeah, it's, it, that has nothing to do with anything. But I just think it's 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 honestly wild the legacy of that character. <laughs> and um, it's funny. It's funny that you should mention earlier that you should mention earlier that um, Chris. What is it? You, 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 like uh, you, I remember you asked earlier. What is it with Christopher Lloyd uh, playing an old <laughs> man taking like young like young boys under his wing? Um, mm-hmm. Xehanort literally possesses a teenager. <laughs> Stop! What the heck? I'm, you know, Christopher Lloyd has was born in 1938. He's in his 80s right now. So, I mean, what other role can he have other than like the older, kookier guy? Pretty much. I mean, he was in the um. It, it's, it's kind of a movie that just doesn't get a lot, doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, nobody mm-hmm. with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Um, he plays Bob Odenkirk's dad in that movie and he actually get he actually gets an action sequence <laughs> it's so he like blasts the guy with a shotgun he's just like i miss this shit like it's just so great oh my god <laughs> watch nobody that, that's a really good movie <laughs> i'll i'll add it to my list wow all right so so yeah just Chris, christopher lloyd needless to say is the man everybody absolutely everybody loves christopher lloyd what else really needs to be said um so what else so so what in this episode would you say you didn't like so much leo um again back to the whole thing where it's like about about nobody asking the kid if like anything's wrong like i don't know why nobody's like why did this kid run away you know like was he in in an abusive household is he running from danger or anything like that i thought that was weird i also don't like that louis is a cop caller yeah that was and it was weird that, that whole that whole that whole thing was weird all, all time yeah because because that because that, that's my thing i didn't care for was that weirdly intense exchange between louis and the cop <laughs> yeah it was it was so it was off-putting to say the okay. least it was just why just, just in case you didn't watch the episode um um early in the episode uh louis is pissed off because the kid mm-hmm. the kid rode in the back of tony's taxi for i guess 13 dollars worth of distance <laughs> And uh, he feels like he, the company is being robbed. So he's like trying to scare the shit out of this kid. And he calls the cops. He says, and, and, and he starts, he starts like, like jabbing the cop in the chest. And the cop says, uh, if you poke me again, or it's something like that. If you poke me again, I'm going to show you eight places on the body where I could beat you without it leaving a mark. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I remember just being like, just like freezing up on that. I was like, whoa, that was out of left field. Yeah. And then Louis. It was, it was a whole confrontation. And then Louis says, so you're big. So you're black. So you got a badge and a gun. I'm a dead man. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in in just like five seconds of of TV. Yeah, basically, it's just oh. weird and out of place, you know. Yeah, over this is a the plot. The plot is Jim is adopting a kid. Like, why did like where did this come from? Like, who who thought it was a good idea to throw that in there? Like, surely that screen time could have been used for something more uh, productive to the plot. Yeah, it, it needed to be addressed. But yeah, it's just it, it's kind of funny to me now that we're gonna have to put we're gonna have to put a trigger warning now on this episode about race and police brutality even though that has nothing to do with anything really <laughs> on our trigger warning uh dis- in our description where we put the trigger warning we could just put an asterisk and be like this is honestly for like five to ten seconds of content in the episode that's it <laughs> just for some reason the just just, just so- somebody somebody on the taxi riding staff had a hug up their ass about police brutality and race and they decided we're gonna put one joke in there 
about that shit. Just one. And it was interesting. I don't know. And, you know, it was like, was it intentional to make, uh, to cast the cop as a black man? Like, I want to know what went into this. Yeah, just why? Just the the big, that's the big thing. It's just why? What what were you doing? Disclaimer, I have a lot of dogs outside and inside my house. So if you hear those in the background, don't worry. It's just the dogs. Yeah, I, I, they're all, they're all safe. (laughs) Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's mistreating them. Uh, just one just starts up and then they all start going, you know, it's like babies crying. One cries and then the rest in the room are st- just start to cry. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not, we're not in, uh, we're, we're not a high budgeted production here at Rerun Shuffle. Uh, we don't have a <laughs> studio. Um, I j- like, it, it's honestly a miracle that my little, uh, I have a little, I have a little like alcove, like in the corner of a room in my house and just Ooh, lucky the, I'm able to close the door. It's upstairs, and um, the acoustics are miraculously pretty good. So wow, yeah, but sounds lovely. But yeah, we do not have a studio, <laughs> so so sometimes <laughs> reality is going to show itself. I've got a drummer who lives across the street from me, and um, we actually, um, yeah. as of a few months ago, there's a metal band down the street, like te- like, a, like, a, like a high school metal band. Oh, that's kind of cool. They're pretty good, actually. <laughs> I was I was surprised. Like, I, 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 at first, I got cranky and was like annoyed that they were like starting stuff down the street. But I'm actually listening. I was like, these kids are actually really good. Jesus, they kick ass. <laughs> Such hardcore kids. Uh, so yeah, we 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 bantered quite a bit here about some um, about some um, real life. So, um, uh, Leo, how did you feel about this episode's message? Um, honestly, I wasn't sure if there was much of a message. It seemed like a neutral kind of episode. My impression, I got was that this is more of a slice of life kind of tv show um that may or may not have like a moral or or a lesson or something so this episode felt more like a like a kid bringing home a wild animal and then his parents find out and then they tell him hey you got to release it back you have to release that back into the wild because it'll miss its family or something except it's jim and a runaway child yeah it's really like overly wacky um yeah yeah what's weird about this episode to me is that yeah it seems like it should be heavier and more emotional but it's not in fact, mm-hmm. yeah, most of it's just wall-to-wall laughs. Like, it's a really, really funny episode of a sitcom. Um, all I can really parse in terms of a message is that it's wrong to try to <laughs> adopt a strange child without consent. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I didn't, I, I, I can't speak for the rest of society, but um, I didn't really need to learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah, I don't need children. Uh, look, I think we're all good on the adopting a strange child front. <laughs> like, like, I, like, I know if a kid comes to my house, house i should probably try to figure out where the child came from i don't like i i, yeah. I don't just like oh you're a kid then you came to my house i guess i'll be you like n- no no thank you i look i have a child his name is is reggie and he's a chihuahua <laughs> But yeah, to piggyback off that, I thought I coming into the episode, I honestly thought they were going to get into what to do when one encounters an abused child or an, a legitimately lost child. But the episode kind of fizzled out in the end. I feel yeah, Terry just Terry Terry is not living that bad of a life. Really, it doesn't sound like he was being abused in any way, shape, or form. That's that's really funny because I wrote in my notes. A uh, little white entitled kid runs away from house. It's a uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that, that was my it's, note. <laughs> it's, it's, that's about that's about how it went down. Yeah, and it's just a very um. But yeah, so it, it's it, it's weird. It seems like there could have been more meat to this episode, but they chose mm-hmm. not to. Uh, so how would you have improved this? So instead of Jim not noticing Terry leaving with his with his parents, I think I would have. I, I think it would have been more compelling if Terry exclaimed, "Mom and Dad." 
and got Jim's attention while he was leaving and allowing Jim to confront Terry like, hey, didn't you want to get away from your parents and, you know, the terrible things they make you do? And, you know, then the and then Terry would be like, nah, I learned a lesson being with you and, and from this experience. And then that would give Jim the opportunity to also learn a lesson, but it didn't do that. Yeah, it, I, just, it, it, just, it just kind of it, stops. There was no yeah. resolution. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it fizzled out. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. The episode definitely should have had Jim reconcile a little of his own baggage through this experience with Terry because he does he does um, relate to this kid a lot. Like, he, he, he mm-hmm. wasn't a fan of the responsibility that his parents put on him when he was a kid. Yeah. And that's obviously, like, not the same thing as being abused at all. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just responsibilities, man. But 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 the fact that they connected through that and for him to like kind of reconcile and realize that, oh, well, I guess my parents just kind of wanted what was best for me. And they were very kind about 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 giving me opportunities and stuff like that. You know, like they there, there's a way to there's a way to do that and not be kind. And my parents found the kinder way to do it. Yeah, you know? I, there's there's le- there's lots of ways this could have gone. Yeah, so the, 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 it, it does feel a little empty, but I think that the performance of Christopher Lloyd really fills in a lot of gaps. Yeah, he, he really ca- his arms must be so tired from carrying this cast. Honestly. Um, <laughs> so what would you say this episode says about the times it came out? You can absolutely tell this was the time when people thought that weed made you a completely different person <laughs> yeah. and disintegrated your brain. Made you made you accidentally shoot your girlfriend while a man laughs in an <laughs> <Jesus> armchair. <laughs> like what? <laughs> anybody out there has not Uh, seen reefer madness go on youtube and watch reefer madness it's hilarious (laughs) right oh my god it's crazy or like like people would think that weed makes you completely trip out like shrooms or acid does and i'm like honey maybe go 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 smoke a few bowls before and and then come back don't don't get it twisted it can it has that potential if you do too much and if you and if your brain is working from a certain angle like it can activate it can activate some shit in your brain but yeah if you have if if, if you have a couple of hits off the joint trust me you're you should you're gonna be fine you're not gonna kill somebody you're not gonna kill you're gonna black out and murder somebody like you're gonna you're not (laughs) you're not gonna feed a horse too much uh sweet foods and kill it yeah and and you're not gonna you're not gonna immediately like get used to the high and then move on to coke and then move on to crack and then move on to heroin (laughs) you know like it's it's not it's it's not gonna happen that way exactly oh my gosh smoke smoke (laughs) if it's legal in your area smoke responsibly (laughs) but yeah it's not gonna hurt you that bad yeah uh very very rarely will you trip out you may have an anxiety attack but that's it (laughs) yes i have been there but um yeah it it, but yeah so just yeah be be careful with Uh, weed but yeah the way the the story surrounding weed especially in the 70s was not true mm -mm, mm -mm. yeah that really ages (laughs) that really ages the show right there um and also was this Still around the time where people were were cool with adult men casually befriending and hanging out with children at this time. Uh, I, I I know I know Jim is a big chill guy with a child's heart, but um I don't think this kind of dynamic would have been. I think this dynamic would have been frowned upon or um, stigmatized nowadays. Oh, but, oh almost say. definitely. I mean, even like I mean Christopher Lloyd's like one of his other big roles um, as Doc Brown in Back to the Future. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of articles and YouTube essays and stuff about, hey, isn't it kind of weird <laughs> that that teenager hangs out with that old man? 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but back in the day, like in um in Twilight Twilight Zone episodes, you know, early sixties, um, there there's a couple episodes of you know men with with adult men with you know the the heart of a child who hang out with kids and stuff, you know, and it's completely normal. Like nobody bats an eye. So I feel like that also says something about the times in in this episode. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, one thing I always notice about 70s sitcoms is that a lot of them dive into really intense politics, you know, mm. and in a lot of cases, it feels mm-hmm. like a sledgehammer to the side of the head. Like they like 70s sitcoms are in your face about how edgy and progressive they're being <laughs> like like they just like they like they will just they will just come at you like confrontationally about stuff and um yeah like that bit with uh with louie exactly yeah there's not too much that there's not too much of that in this particular episode but yeah the exchange between louie and the cop um where yeah they make a joke about race and police brutality um Mm -hmm. that's a pretty that's a pretty solid example of that kind of thing um I, I, I would say it's a pretty neutral thing. Like, I'm not saying that it's, like, a bad thing that, that like, 70s sitcoms were, like, super confrontational. Uh, because, honestly, I feel like it, they, were, they were really... Sitcoms were a lot more sanitized in, like, the 60s and probably the early 70s as well. And once we mm-hmm. got to, like, the mid to late 70s, they started to they started to realize oh we can actually like explore some shit socially if we get you a know. little bit edgier and you can kind of see them in stuff like all in the family and the show and the jeffersons and stuff you can kind of see them like trying to you know poke and prod and test those boundaries a little bit you know that's really funny because um now that you mentioned that you saying that like it was kind of uh sanitized in the 60s and then by the mid 70s it um let loose a little more the Vietnam War uh, lasted from 55 to 75, so I wonder if that had any influence on what was cool on TV and what wasn't. Yeah, most definitely. It sounds it's it's it sounds to me like that like like I like I think that's kind of the I think that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the case all over. I mean, um mm-hmm. this is going to sound weird that I'm going into this now that I'm going into this now, but um <laughs> um that's kind of like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's kind of Captain America's story arc. You know, he was he was um he was, you know, all American values and truth, justice in the American way and all that kind of stuff. I know it's Superman. Leave me alone. Um <laughs> but um, <laughs> but 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 honestly, Superman and Captain America are very similar figures. Um he just did he just he just did as he was told. He came up during World War II where everybody was everybody was fighting with everybody was fighting with you know hitler now everyone hates hitler it's easy to hate hitler of course then he gets frozen in a block of ice and he comes back up and the first thing he has to deal with is in um the asgardian god of mischief um leading an alien invasion and even then though okay well this is a guy that i can very easily say he's the bad guy i'm the good guy um next time we see captain america though it turns out and uh spoilers for captain america the winter soldier i guess um it turns out that the government agency that he was working for had actually been inter- had actually been uh had actually been taken over quietly and covertly by the same like subsect of the Nazis that he was fighting in World War II and he had been following their orders all this time and now oh he's my God. and now he's rattled and he doesn't know who he's supposed to trust anymore and oh my I, God. yeah I, th- I think Captain America's story was a little bit of a analog for the Vietnam War because I think 
that's kind of how pop culture was in like the 50s and 60s. Like we just, we, we trust the government. They want to protect us from the communists. And then, and then, yeah. And then Watergate and then Vietnam. And people started to realize, hang on a second. Does the government maybe not a hundred percent of the time have our best interests at heart? And so, yes, yeah, stuff started to get more edgy. You know, Martin Scorsese made Taxi Driver and like it's all. It's uh, it, things Dude, got more super intense. Don't you just love how the real world influences media and vice versa? Oh yeah, it's so cool. It says so much. That's why I like doing this bit about how it how like what this says about the times. Yeah, when when we can find you know, something, it definitely gets hit. So yeah, I, did, I, I, I apologize to everybody for taking a harsh right turn into Captain America's <laughs> character arc, but I think it was relevant. <laughs> it's relevant, I swear. <laughs> No, that was really good. I liked that. That was you. You made a good point there. You brought it back around. All right. So, uh, <laughs> what are your final thoughts on this uh, on this episode, Leo? First of all, I want to know if Danny DeVito ever got his thirteen dollars. <laughs> thirteen dollars he wanted so bad from that kid. <laughs> <laughs> also, I on, during my deep dive of this show, I found out uh, Christopher Lloyd is related to the guy to one of the founders of the Texaco Oil Company. Oh, I, I didn't read that. That's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. I find the weirdest stuff when I go on these deep dives. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself. I need to step up my game a little bit. I'm not doing as deep of dives <laughs> as I should be doing, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have ADHD. I don't. I think I've got the ADHDs, my guy. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, no. I thought this was a pretty decent episode. I don't. Again, I'm not happy with the resolution, but um, my final thoughts are: it's it was really chill. As a, as um, a, how about you, Tim? Yeah, I um. One thing I would say: the lack of Andy Kaufman as Latka, and to a lesser extent, Jeff Conway as Bobby, were a little bit of a bummer. Mm. Um, I think by this point in the series, actually, this is in season four. Um, I think Jeff Conway mm-hmm. had stepped away from the show a little bit. Oh. Um, I actually found out on Wikipedia too that Robert Williams is actually originally on board to play Bobby, or but but he had to he had to what? yeah he had to pass on it though because I think he had committed to Morgan Mindy at that point. But but uh but uh. but yeah I think I think but yeah he he had been he had been brought back to just being a recurring character in season four uh so he was more of a main character in the first three seasons uh but it was it was definitely a blow to morale for me that andy kaufman was not there to play latka because latka's hilarious oh i'm sad i missed it yeah he's the um he's the um i can't remember if they if they ever named the country that he's from but he is an immigrant from a like an eastern european country um why does everybody why don't why do all these old shows always have to have a an ambiguous immigrant character they seem to really yeah they seem to like that but but like andy kaufman is really funny as that character um, if anybody's <laughs> ever seen Perfect Strangers, um, he's like a, he's like a, he's, he's, he's the better, ver- I mean, I, I like Balky from Perfect Strangers, okay, but Andy Kaufman as Latka is like, is like the best one, probably, but he's, he's, there, there, there's also a little bit of, uh, Latka in Fez on that 70s show. Why was I just thinking about Fez, too? That's funny. It's funny that I, I think I brought up Perfect Strangers and I could have just brought up that 70s show. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, they're, they're both, they're both like slightly lesser versions of, uh, of Latka Gravis. Um, hmm. but yeah, I, 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 I always do sort of like the, um, I always do kind of sort of like the, the ambiguous immigrant character in, in some of these shows, because, um, when they're smart about the way they do it, um, they keep the country of origin, even like the, the region of origin. So just, 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 just so, so mixed up and ambiguous that, mm-hmm. um, they can make weirder jokes about the person's, about the person's, person's, person's <laughs> ethnicity without it becoming too offensive because they're not actually like, 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 um, like singling anyone out. It's more of a generalized stereotype. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, so, so Latka comes 
from a fictional country. So does Balky from Perfect Strangers. Um, I think they, I honestly, it's probably, a, it's probably a hot take here and everybody's going to get, <laughs> everybody's going to get mad at me. Um, oh, no. I don't care much for Fez on that 70s show. Oh, oh yeah. You're going to get a lot of I, heat for I that just, one. I do not, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't hate him. I think he can be funny sometimes, but I just don't think he works sometimes. I think sometimes he just, he's annoying for the sake of being annoying. And a big mm-hmm. thing being too, that his, his country of origin doesn't make sense. Like, like, like mm. with Latka and Balki, they are from mm. like, they, they kind of world build these countries that they're from. And, oh. and so, and so, the, and, and so, and so there's actually like a, a culture that's kind of like built around them, like just from the stories that they tell. Mm. Fez is just from a different country. Sometimes they imply that he's from South America. Sometimes they they imply mm-hmm. that he's from Africa. Like it doesn't, oh, wow. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I just find him to be a, to be a, to be a less good character. Like no 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 shade on Wilmer Valderrama <laughs> as Fez. I think he does a very good job on just just, just performing that character. He's also really good in Encanto, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's just I I I guess I guess I wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> Publicly, I don't care much for. I don't care. I don't care much for Fez. I think the writing could have been better. Honestly, the the character could have. I don't know. Been more legendary memorable yeah but i do i do like the ambiguous uh the ethnically ambiguous immigrant character for um because they sometimes they're used as the outside looking in point of view like your country is so backwards dude when like everybody is supposed to think that their country is backwards but here it's actually like well you don't you haven't seized the means of production what's wrong with you <laughs> you are owed the the fruits of your labor my guy why are you why are you waking up in on the ground for somebody else uh, to vacation. Yep, it's depressing me now. <laughs> We're talking about Sorry, that. go. We'll move on now. <laughs> okay, so, so um, hopefully, maybe you just uh, <clears throat> so so hopefully during that last little bit of the conversation, you uh, you uh, you you know you hit a punching bag, you screamed in your car or something about what a monster I am for disliking Fez, um, and we can move on a little bit. Uh, just one final note before we get into whether or not it holds up. Stealing uh-huh. your mom's dress money to go to a Kinks concert. I don't condone it, but I get it. I also get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd completely get it. All right, so that brings us to our central question, Leo. Um, how did this hold up for you? Ooh, let's see. So I would say, outside of the bit with Louie and the cop, I've, I don't know, they could have just done that better. But outside of that, uh, I think the episode actually holds up quite well. I, again, wanted a better resolution. But like I said, this episode, very chill, very nice, pleasant vibes. Christopher Lloyd, always a joy to watch. Um, I want to say four out of five taxi cabs for this episode uh what about you tim how does this one hold up for you i like this episode a lot um yeah we- weird shit with cops aside uh there is another <laughs> one of this is another this is another one of those situations where i say holding up is kind of a tricky term because yeah. it's not like it's not like it's backwards or offensive or anything um mm-hmm. but it is most definitely a product of its time like you you're not going to mistake this for coming from anywhere but like the mid to late 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh this is yeah so so you know just this taxi as a whole is definitely a product of the 1970s. Um but 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 more or less I would say that yeah this episode is still a damn good time like really 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 funny Christopher Lloyd is amazing the entire cast is amazing Danny DeVito doesn't get as much screen time as he sometimes does get but even he makes a really really huge impression. Um mm-hmm. and yeah it's a damn good time and it is much better than making a small dog named snowball cry so i say yes it does hold up 
Awesome. Yeah, I'm also with you on the. It, it kind of does, kind of doesn't. It's just, it's not more of a does it hold up. Yeah, I felt that. So that will do it for this week on uh, Rerun Shuffle. Uh, if you want to watch Taxi, uh, it's a little difficult to find. I think the DVDs are relatively cheap, but you can uh, you can find the most episodes right now on Pluto. Uh, there's a few stray ones on Paramount Plus, um, and it's not on Hulu anymore, unfortunately. So um, make of that what you will. Um, but yeah, Taxi is a really, really like fantastic show. A really good binge watch too, if you just need like a chill show to watch for a while. Yeah, that background music um, or background noise. Oh yeah, there's lots of like jazz and piano, and just it's really, really like <laughs> it's a really, really relaxed show. Um, it's a vibe. So. Uh, uh, make sure to join us again next week where we're, we're going to be talking about Adventure Time Season 3, Episode 10, What Was Missing. I'm really excited for this <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, 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 again, I, I, need to, I need to get on Adventure Time more. I have not watched nearly enough of that show. I've only managed to get through it completely once. Every other time, it's been such a challenge to get through. Um, so I totally get it why like not many people have actually tried to get through the whole thing in like not in one sitting, but in like a, a rewatch session. Because geez, there's just so many episodes. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, so yeah, join us on that. Join us on. Uh, join us in watching that this week, and then join us for our discussion next week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Rerun Shuffle was created, researched, produced, and hosted by Leo Cabral and Tim Nacy. You can find us on Instagram at Rerun Shuffle Pod, and you can find Leo on Twitter and Instagram at Chupa Cabral. That's Chupacabra with an L and an underscore. And me at Nacy Tim, that's spelled N-A-C-E-Y. We stream Fridays at 1 p.m. PST or 3 p.m. CST on No Line Radio. Uh, check them out at NoLineRadio.net or at LLC on Instagram for underground music and independent podcasts. If you liked what you just heard, remember to tell a friend and leave us a rating or review wherever you found us and we'll see you next time on Rerun Shuffle.